Good morning, everyone. How are you today? I'm going to start off my talk this morning by singing this lovely song. Not the whole one, thanks. <laughs> I knew an old lady who swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed the fly. Perhaps she'll die. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs> no, I, most of you probably know that song. It's a very, very familiar children's song. Uh, and when I was looking into it, I actually found out that it was written by a Canadian, a French Canadian back in the 40s. So it got me thinking, well, maybe not everybody knows that song. Maybe it's just a Canadian thing. So I checked with uh, the Reverend Melody Bailey, who just did our wonderful treatment, and she's from the UK. And she says, no, no, I know that song. I, I'm really familiar with that song. And so I thought, well, maybe everybody does that song, but for the sake of some of you people who maybe are from another planet or the United States, which sometimes seems to be the same thing, <laughs> um, don't know the song, I'll give you the gist of it. So if you remember, first, the old lady swallowed a fly. Um, we don't know why she swallowed the fly, but then she swallowed a spider to catch the fly. And of course, the spider, well, it wriggled and jiggled and it tickled inside her. Now, the rest of the song is kind of like the 12 days of Christmas, you know, where the chorus section gets longer and longer each time you sing it, as the old lady swallows more things. Like after the spider, she swallows a bird to catch the spider. And then she swallows a cat to catch the bird. And she swallows a goat and so on and so on. There's actually multiple versions of this. I didn't know this, but I actually read one as a version where the old lady swallowed a minister. <laughs> she said, how sinister, she swallowed a minister. <laughs> but eventually in the song, we get to the point at the end where we go, I knew an old lady who swallowed a cow. I don't know how she swallowed the cow, but big breath. She swallowed the cow to catch the goat. She swallowed the goat to catch the dog. She swallowed the dog to catch the cat. Swallowed the cat to catch the bird. She swallowed the bird to catch the spider that wriggled and wriggled and tickled inside her. She swallowed the spider to catch the fly, but I don't know why she swallowed the fly. Perhaps she'll die. And that brings us to the ending. I knew an old lady who swallowed a horse. She's dead, of course. And that's the end of the song. Now, if the police were called to the scene, they would probably report that the old lady was killed by swallowing a horse, because that's the most obvious explanation. But the coroner might conclude that she died as a result of swallowing the, an increasingly exponentially larger number of animals. And that's a more detailed explanation. However, a philosopher might argue that it was the fly that killed the old lady because swallowing the fly was the first act in a chain of actions that led to the old lady's death. That's the deeper explanation. Now, I'm sure you folks didn't tune in this morning to discuss the subtleties of a, of a children's song. So it's at this point I'm going to get all metaphysical on you. <laughs> what if instead of swallowing a fly... The old lady swallowed a lie. And what if it was a young lady or a young man who swallowed the lie? Or a middle-aged person or a child? If someone, anyone, you, me, 
we swallow a lie, what are the consequences? Will we eventually swallow a horse? Let me explain what I mean by providing an example. My grade two teacher was Miss Holmes, no relation as far as I know to Ernest. Um, but so Miss Holmes, in one of my report cards, she wrote the following. Now, mind you, I'm in grade two, so I'm not a big reader. Um, this was mostly for the benefit of my mother, who unfortunately can't be watching this morning. But she would justify, or she would agree, this is exactly what Miss Holmes wrote on my grade two report card. With a lot of hard work, Neil has the potential to be an average student. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> I had to work hard to be average. <laughs> now, let's be honest, I'm joking about it, I'm laughing about it. I'm not going to say that this messed me up and led me to a life of crime or whatever, because it didn't, it, it didn't. But, you know, I still remember this. And, you know, so it obviously means it affected me somewhat, and, and it probably did affect my attitude in school moving forward because I remember it clear as day. I had to work hard to be, just to get the potential to be an average student. Now, that was a lie. Of course it was a lie. I had as much potential as any other person in my class, uh, but I must have swallowed that lie because for the rest of grade school, there was something in the back of my mind saying, you can't do this. You're not smart enough. You're not clever enough. Heck, you're not even average. So when you swallow a lie like that, it's hard to get rid of it. Years and years after I got that report card, I'm a fully grown man at this point, no longer a child, and I've taken the cab to the airport to catch a flight to Victoria, where I'm going to start on my master's degree. And as we're driving along Highway 7, 97, getting closer to the airport, I'm thinking to myself, I should just ask the cab driver to turn around and take me home. I mean, who am I kidding? I don't, I don't want to risk this kind of failure. How can someone who has to work hard to be average even think that he could earn a master's degree? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I didn't turn around, and I did uh, go on that flight. But maybe you've had similar experiences and have asked yourself similar questions in your life. So what flies have you swallowed? And what spiders, birds, and dogs have you swallowed to deal with that original lie? See, that's the thing about the old lady swallowing the horse. She didn't start with the horse. She started with the fly. And everything else, as I mentioned, was in ever-increasing increments. And that's how we build belief systems that don't serve us. One small increment at a time. One lie leads to another, then another, then another, until it becomes a belief system that can be self-destructive. And the challenge is, by the time that we recognize these beliefs don't serve us anymore, we're already trying to swallow the horse. All we can see is the horse. And it's hard to look back and discover that the problem is actually the fly. If the old lady had recognized earlier what had happened, if she had stopped at the spider, she might have been okay. You know, the spider even wriggled and jiggled and tickled inside her. That was probably her intuition saying that something is not right. But she went on to swallow the bird, and the rest is history. 
false belief systems. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> Here are some false belief systems, some lies that I have swallowed in my life. See if you can relate. Number one, I'll never be able to quit smoking. Everybody tells me it's too hard. I'm a chain smoker, two packs a day, so there's no way I can quit. Absolutely not. Another lie, number two, I have Crohn's disease, so I'll never be healthy. I'll never be active, and I'll never really be able to fully enjoy life. Lie number three, I'm not smart enough, not rich enough, not good-looking enough, not charming enough to attract the perfect partner. So I might as well settle for less. These are three lies, just examples of three lies that I believed in the past. Now, at different points in my life, I've believed these lies with a faith so strong that it was unshakable. But eventually, I recognized that these stories, they're not true. At least they weren't for me, and I had the power to change the story. So here I am today, happily married to the perfect partner, a healthy non-smoker, and yes, I did eventually get that master's degree. Although I was just average when I, my thesis was just average. <laughs> I'm joking. So all of us, all of us have these lies in our life. And some are big and some are small. And some of them affect us and some of them don't. But these lies can form behaviors and behaviors can become habits. Dr. Deb said in her talk a few weeks ago that first we form habits and then habits form us. And if the lie no longer serves us, we have to find a way to break that pattern, which is easier said than done. Here's a quote from the Buddha about how we change those patterns. The Buddha said, release old concepts and energies that keep you in self-destructive, self-punishment patterns. Release old stories and create from a place of love and self-validation because you're worth it. Release old concepts and old energies. Release old stories. This reminds me of a show I watched years ago. It might have been Saturday Night Live, I'm not sure, but Bob Newhart was the guest. And in this uh, comedy sketch, he played a psychiatrist. And these people would come in with these self-punishment habits, and Bob Newhart would try to help them. So he'd be there at his desk, and somebody would come in, and the habits were just a little bit weird at first. Like someone would come in and say, doctor, I keep putting sandpaper in my slippers, and every morning when I put on my slippers, I scratch my feet. And Bob Newhart would look at the patient with that, that dry, deadpan look that only, you know that look that Bob Newhart could do? And he'd look at them, and he'd consider the problem, and he'd say, well, then stop it. <laughs> and the patient would like look all confused and, and respond what do you mean stop it and Bob would answer still deadpan stop putting sandpaper in your shoes just stop it and the patient would be all kerfuffled like it had never occurred to him to stop putting sandpaper in their shoes then suddenly a light would go off in their head and they'd say oh you mean just stop doing it and Bob Newhart would say, yeah, just stop it. And the patient would walk away all happy. All his problems were solved. Then the next patient would come in with a more bizarre problem. Doctor, 
I keep gluing dog hair in my ears, and sometimes it gets so bad, I can hardly hear anything. And Newhart would say, just stop it. <laughs> and so on and so on. It was, a, it was a great show, but it was a funny sketch, but it, it, it brings up an interesting point. And I think we can all relate to this. When we see self-destructive behavior in other people, it's easy to say, why don't they just stop it? The answer seems obvious. Just stop doing that. But we have to remember, first we form the habit, then the habit forms us. So that habit is deeply ingrained. The example I used of my grade two teacher affected me, but you know, fortunately I had supportive parents, I had a solid peer group, so I can joke about it now. But that lie makes a good story. But I turned out okay. I think so anyways. But some lies, some lies are really self-destructive. Some people are abandoned, abused, and bullied. Some people have experiences that are so traumatic that they have to create stories just to survive. They're bruised and broken. And the lies that they live with in their heads, they're growth stunting and they're soul crushing. They can't just stop. So how do we do it? How do we change? How do we, how do we change our thinking to change our lives? That's something we always say. Well, last week I was chatting with Dr. Ken about this very talk idea, and, and, and he, he reminded me that, that self-destructing beliefs are just stories. They're not true. They're stories. And when we're confronted by certain plot twists in these stories, the people, places, and things that trigger us, we start expecting the results that we know because that's how the story goes. We've memorized the story. That's what you were told, so that's what you believe. And Dr. Ken said, if you want to change the outcome of the story, you have to start with the circumstances. Why did the old lady swallow the horse? To catch the cow. Well, why did the old lady swallow the cow? To catch the goat and so on until we drill down to the original circumstances, why did the old lady swallow the fly? Well, we don't know why, and neither does the old lady, because that's what the song says. She doesn't know why she swallowed the fly, but here's the key. If you want to change the story, you, don't, you have to go all the way back to the why, but you don't have to know why the why. Do, do you know what I mean? Like... Here's an example of going back to the circumstances. Why was I afraid to start postgraduate studies? Because I thought I would fail. Why did I think I would fail? Because I wasn't smart enough. Certainly not as smart as my fellow students. Why did I think I wasn't smart enough? Because I only got average grades when I was in grade school and high school. Well, why did I only get average grades? Because I was barely an average student. And why did I believe I was barely an average student? because Mrs. Holmes said so, that's why, and I believed her. Now, why did Mrs. Holmes say that? I don't know. I don't know why she swallowed the fly, and here's the thing, it doesn't matter. Maybe I came across as a below average student because I was already reading far beyond grade two level, and I was bored. 
Maybe I came across as a below average student because I would rush through my work so I could go to the Creative Arts Center at the back of the class, which we were allowed to do once the classwork was done. It doesn't matter why she said it. It only matters that it was a lie. It wasn't the truth. And once I recognize this as a lie, I can write a new story. A story where I am smart and where I don't fail because I have limitless power, as we all do. Let me ask you something. Was there a time in your life when someone, somewhere, at some time, said something that wasn't true, but you believed it? You know, we can be successful at 20 different things, but it's the so-called failures that we remember. And at the same time, we can have 20 people say, I love you. But sometimes the only thing we can hear is that one person who says, I hate you. That's because, and I think Amanda said this in one of her talks a while ago, as a species, humans tend to focus on the negative. It's some sort of survival technique left over from the caveman days, but it doesn't serve us today. Focusing on the negative does not help. We all know that our teaching suggests that we avoid thinking about the things we don't want in our lives by focusing on the things that we do want in our lives. Now, earlier this week, Barb and I were watching a show with Joyce Myers. If you don't know who Joyce Myers is, she's a, a Christian evangelical speaker. She's quite, quite powerful, quite well known. And she said something, Barb said, come listen to this. She said something that could have come straight out of the mouth of Ernest Holmes. And mind you, she's a... Christian, Christian, Christian. She said, God doesn't answer complaints. God answers prayers. Instead of a complaint, get a vision. Write a new story. Instead of focusing on what we don't want, focus on what we do want. That's exactly what she's saying. God doesn't answer complaints. God answers prayers. Because if you complain, you're going to get complaints. And if you, if you ask for what you want, you're going to get what you want if you write a new story. See, we're not defined by what someone else said about us or what someone else did to us. Early in my spiritual journey, I wrote a song once that included these lines. I wrote, we write the pages and we choose the stages to dance on. So your life is your story and the only author you need is yourself. Now, sometimes an editor might help now and then, but it's your choice if you want to dance on that stage or hide in the shadows. Remember what the Buddha said, release old stories and create from a place of love and self-validation. You are worth it. I'd like to close out my talk today by rewriting the story of the old lady who swallowed the fly. It's a much shorter story, thank you, but with a much happier ending. There was an old lady who swallowed a fly. I heard her shout, and she spit the fly out. And she won't die. Thanks. Have a great week. <laughs>